How would you rank Florida State's offensive positions one by one? Further, how would you think Florida State can get better this year on offense and become a national championship level team and not just a good one? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and we are going to discuss Florida State's offense. It's going to be a fun podcast. But first, thank you to the Evie Dares that come in here, make this a great pod. I enjoy being here and building this. Going to be here for a very long time. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, etc. And you can also get us on YouTube, your team every day on the Locked On Network. So let's dive in a little bit. Florida State has some really good players on offense that are performing well, but we need to figure out what the situation is in regards to, okay, who's doing the best? Like if we were to rank them, that's what this first segment's about, and then we'll move on. We're going to talk about what they can do better, and then quite honestly, how do you get to the elite point? It's a progression. So let's keep that in mind. This is not an easy thing to talk about because there's a lot of points. I want, I want to get into it pretty quick. First off, FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On to get started. All right. Now, here's the deal. You can rank these things however you want, and it's subjective. There's injuries. It's who you play. It's who comes in and out of the game. It's what players have been available because of injuries through fall camp. There's all kinds of these little things that change it, but it's still subjective at the end of the day. So this is my eye test, and as I like to say, I am a stat guy. I will bring some of that into the equation. We're going to break it down. Here's my number one, Jordan Travis. He's been clutch when they've needed him to be when the running game is not going real well, or even when there's been good coverage, like the ball to Keon against Clemson, he put it in a spot where Keon, who's obviously very good, can make things happen. Same thing with Johnny. Same things when he needed to, even after being banged up, even after being hurt with that shoulder. Jordan Travis has been money. That's bottom line. I call it like I see it, but this one wasn't real hard. There's a reason. Jordan Travis is a Heisman candidate. He's earned it, pure and simple. If you don't earn it, you don't get rewarded. Number two on my list, this is where it gets convoluted and everybody can look at it different ways. I got the receiver group because of Johnny and Keon. They need to be more balanced. I've talked about that on a recent podcast, but Florida State is still trending in the right direction. When you're making big plays and you're scoring a lot of points, or I mean, they're averaging number 40. How am I going to, you know, objectively, make reference to the Florida State offense not being good. They're averaging over 40. Now, with that being stated, there are things they need to work on and get better in clutch moments, and obviously the running game. We'll get to that in a second. But the receiving group, while not the most balanced is like I thought it would, they've had some guys banged up, et cetera, they're still getting it done with their two big play guys. 
primarily at receiver. We'll, we'll talk about tight end in a second. But over the top, screen game, money third downs, the receiver group has been pretty good, led by Johnny and, of course, Keon. Number three, this is the one that's most under – I want to hit a couple of stats real quick just to give them some credit and then talk about the overall aspect of being a tight end. But if you look at Florida State's offense, they run a really complex number of schemes based on personnel packages. And what do I mean by that? Well, they could be in two running backs and two tight ends, one running back, two tight ends, whatever. But how they line up in the formation is all over the place, which is hard to defend. And they've got multiple guys that can do something like that. Marcus and Douglas, he's the big dude. You can put him as an H-back or a tight end. He can beat on somebody, give a chance for Rodney Hill, Tofili, whatever it is, you know, quarterback, power. That's an extra offensive lineman. In addition to what these guys are doing as pass catchers, I think Florida State has a really good group, just my opinion, and it's balanced. But I don't think you're going to get the respect because they don't catch the ball a lot. And that's not what's – Fair, but that you know that's what the announcers usually talk about on games. Like Morlock's a good receiver, but they they're not catching touchdowns. Of course, Jaheim Bell is the is the bell cow. He is the one that's catching touchdowns. He's got two, but he's used like a fullback, like a receiver. He's a very versatile kid. I don't really consider him a tight end. I just consider him a football player. But he's the one that brings that grade up. It's really really good to have balance because when you got somebody like Marcuston in the game and then you put Jaheim in motion from H-back or something, you can really shift and do different things in the run game, and then it also, same action, a play or two later, play action, throw it in the flat, Jaheim Bell turns it, and he's lined up against some poor corner that he weighs 75 more pounds, and they've got a tackle. Good luck to that guy, better you than me. So I'm going with them, number three. Number four is the running back group. I think that it's pretty close between them and the tight ends, but I just think they can do even more, even though the O-line hasn't been great and they're obviously the the bottom of this group. But here's what I want to see more from in regards to the O-line. And that's just being consistent to give them a chance. But when the running backs do get a chance, and this is why they're they're number four, not number two or number three, they haven't hit enough big plays in one-on-one situations at the second level. Shoestring tackle, etc. And then they've made some big plays, but they haven't made as many as they're capable of. They have three dynamic running backs. They don't have enough long plays. It's that simple. Now they've caught the ball pretty well, etc. But also you got to look at it realistically. Hey, this is what happened. Tofili's fumble at Boston College put that game in jeopardy. That's fact. So you have to be able to make big plays. And then of course, don't give it up. Can't do that. Finally, the offensive line, and this they're fifth, but there's an asterisk. You can't have your left tackle and your center banged up. It just doesn't work. If that continues throughout this year, there, it's almost a lock that it will end at number five. Uh, you know, I, I wish there was a better way to say it, but there's just no good way to do that, man. There's just not. You're not going to win games with a lack of chemistry up front, even at the pro level. If, like... It could be an all-pro like Quentin Nelson for the Colts, or it could be just the last guy on the starting offensive line for some other team at offensive guard. When they go out, it's not the same in terms of chemistry, especially with pulling the running backs, knowing how it's going to work, how they're going to cut off their block. It's just, it's all timing. 
very difficult. And now your center has been banged up. I don't know, you know, how that's going to work, but Florida state needs guys to get healthy and get a lot of practice reps. They're in a very tough stretch with that. But the good news is they play Virginia tech coming up. That's a team they should be able to beat with quite honestly, pretty much their second unit O line, maybe not completely, but that's just not a very good team. You have to be able to beat them handily regardless. And that game's the next one on October 7th in Doak. Um, going into segment two, we're going to talk a little bit about what Florida State can do better, why they should do better, and why that matters. Like Again, I want to talk about the Virginia Tech game quite a bit. Things that I want to see from the offense, from the positions in general, because if we don't see it against Virginia Tech, again, they're bad. They're real bad then what in the world are we going to see against better competition? I mean, if you if you don't do that, you know, against Duke, against Miami, et cetera, then you're in trouble. So we're going to talk about that in segment number two. FanDuel. This is our sports book, and it's a fun app. Uh, if you've been on it, you know it's pretty easy to navigate. And it's one that I know and several of my friends that are on the Locked On Network that do podcasts use this app. Make sure you check it out as well. It's America's number one sports book, and it's one that we really appreciate you checking out. It's one of our prime sponsors for a reason. They do a great job. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including player spreads, uh, player props, over-unders. You can bet quarters. You can bet a half. You can do whatever you really want. You can talk about yardage and different things. FanDuel is a great opportunity for anybody that wants to place a bet on a game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's talk a little bit about the opportunity to get better. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and scream at the microphone or anything like that. Florida State has a lot of ways they can get better. But number one is just getting healthy. I know coaches aren't going to talk about that. Ah, next man up. But that is reality. This is a podcast. I'm not a coach. I'm going to say that. They got to get healthy. Number one on the board is that O-line getting healthy. Just want to state that for the record. But in the meantime, a couple of the things that this is just my own intuition, experience, and just watching Florida State and watching film, et cetera, that I think they need to do. The, the thing that I think would be next, and this is something that I mentioned in the last segment, they got to break more tackles at the second level like that. We're almost there. A seven-yard run needs to be a 30-yard run. When you do that against Duke or Miami or some other team, ACC title game, whatever it is, that changes the momentum, man. You can't be in a situation where you're just getting seven-yard runs when it's a shoestring tackle. That's not a championship-level team. You have to break that tackle. You have to make that man, whatever it is, you have to get by the first man. O-line and the tight ends create a hole. You get through it, then it's up to you. Make that person miss in some way, shape, or form. That's on the running backs. Number two, and I've talked about this ad nauseum. That slot position has got to get the ball. All right, come hell, come high water. Florida State needs to figure that out and soon. 
Um, Keon's great. Johnny's great. When they play teams with NFL corners, that's not going to be friendly. Uh, LSU was down, and they and I talked about that for a week and a half at corner. They weren't. This isn't the traditional LSU team. I said Florida State's going to dunk on them, and they did. That is nowhere near the traditional LSU secondary. That's that's no good. But now you have to start spreading it out. You have to prepare like every game is a playoff game because your objective is to get to national championship. There ain't any doubt about that. So is what's going on in totality at the wide receiver position, including slot, where it needs to be? The answer is pretty simple. No, it is not. It's not even close. And I don't know if it's all injuries. I don't know if there's something out of sync. They have to find a way to do it. And that includes jet sweeps and other things too. They got to get better there. The other thing that I want to mention here in relation to that, you can always block a little bit better. There's always a chance to do that. And they do a pretty good job. They got big receivers outside that helps. Maybe that can also be something that can help the running backs break that second level tackle on an outside zone or something like that. Just, just want to mention that. The other thing that I want to talk about is being able to play a four-minute offense a little bit more. And this is more techie for, for you football nerds like me. This is where it's fun. In the middle of the game, sometimes you speed it up. You just go, boom, we're, we're going to go rocket, and we're going to try to put the hammer down and score quick. You don't want them substituting whatever, and that's fine. Score any way you can is the way I look at it. If you think that's best, have at it. But there's the other side of that especially if the other team just scored and it's a 12-play drive. They've been out there and they're gassed under no circumstance, fast, normal speed, huddle, going as slow as possible. You can't go three and out. That's first. But it would behoove you to help your defense and go really slow sometimes. Florida State's defense got some depth, fortunately. But as you get into the middle of the season and then the back half, being able to play what they call a four-minute offense, we're going to slow it down. You know we're probably going to run a little bit more, but you're not going to stop us. I mean, just traditional old-school kind of football, even, you know, 1987 Florida State in the I formation kind of football, that kind of stuff. You have to be able to do that a little bit more, I think, coming up. Number one, because the teams you're playing, you don't want to give your defense more times on the field. You want to try to reduce possessions for the other team by at least one. Preferably two, basically, if you can catch it right at the end of the half where they get the ball with 30 seconds or something, and it's not really a possession, but at least one. So if they can do that and still be effective, and hopefully, again, you know, if the running back pops one for 70 yards, hey, it is what it is, strike up the band. They need to be a little bit more effective and utilize that. It's not like they don't do it. This is a finite thing. It's small. But I think they need to start worrying about how many snaps key players take. Jared Verse. Guys like that, because it is way harder energy-wise to play defense as opposed to offense. If they can run four-minute offense whenever they want and be effective and go back and forth between fast and slow, it would behoove Florida State, and it makes it really difficult, really difficult for teams to prepare for them because you just don't know what they're going to do series to series. And that changes your substitution patterns as a defensive unit. So that that's something to think about. One last point here with this. Red zone, and it's just play calling and stuff. And it could be just short yardage if you want to stretch it out to that. I'm curious if they're just going to extend, if you will. Against Virginia Tech, you'll probably be vanilla. 
but I'm curious how many different concepts, like for instance, against Clemson, that play that Keon caught the first, that was dope. Fake screen, moved to the middle, the DB was completely faked out. I mean, he got depanced on national TV. How many more of those kinds of plays where you just, look, you schemed that bad boy up. It was Keon that caught him, but it could have been anybody. Keon was a good guy to throw it to because he's a big guy and he's a pretty good blocker. Being bigger, they expect him to block a lot in the screen game, so it worked. But you could have done that with about anybody. He faked that guy out, did his job, executed. Coaches love that word, and for good reason. Wide open, six points. They're going to need a few more of those plays against elite teams. Again, the Knowles are averaging like 43.3 points a game, so they don't suck by any means. But when you're in the red zone, you need to capitalize. I'm going to be curious what to do against Duke and teams like that that are good defense, that have an opportunity to throw different types of things at you. You got to counter. Just something to think about. It's not a huge deal, but it's something to think about. So keep that in mind. Before I go into segment three, um, it's going to be about making it a lead. This, this is the picky stuff. If you want to win a national title, you need to listen to segment three because this is what it's going to come down to. Um, on a couple of things that are traditional and then one maybe not. But that's something we'll get into. But before I do that, just a note, uh, Locked On's college football live show every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on YouTube. It's going to be recorded, so if you can't see it live, that's okay. But it's going to talk about all the different games coming up each week. Going to have analysts from the different Locked On shows. It could be any of the shows you, you think of. You could Washington Huskies, obviously their offense is tremendous. It, it's a fun team to follow. Whatever it is you want, they're going to bring on different people. Have the show every single Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Now, this last segment, this is about the difference between maybe getting to the ACC title game, maybe, and winning that and getting into the playoff and possibly even doing some damage. Once you get to the playoff, there's so many other factors. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Number one is penalties. It's not like Florida State is necessarily terrible or whatever, but little things like that. That's something I look at when you get into big games. There, there's a few teams that I was studying today, and I was surprised. I'm not going to go into all these other teams, but – there's a few that I don't think are as good as their ranking and some that could be a lot higher if they were better with penalties. Don't be that team. I talked about it before the Clemson game last week. It's very simple. Florida State can't have those plays. These are my two big pet peeves, especially on defense. Quarterback fakes and the guy jumps and he runs around and gets first down. Drives me nuts. The other one's late hits on a running back or quarterback kind of going along the edge when it's going to be like a no-sum no gain or a loss, and you tag the dude, don't be an idiot. Those kinds of plays. You can win you or lose you a game. Don't be that. Two. And this kind of goes into the offensive grades by position. Quarterback's been good. It needs to continue. Jordan threw a couple really dumb passes in the LSU game. One burned him for a pick. He cannot have those moments in a big game again. Period. Especially with the way the O-line's playing. I'm not going to delve into that anymore. It's pretty straightforward. If quarterback play is not good, you ain't sniffing an ACC title, let alone a playoff. Period. He's on the right trajectory, but he's got to get over the top. And here's, here's the key with that. 
at some point that shoulder, I mean, if it doesn't get healthy, they're not, they're not winning it. Let's cut to the chase here. He has to be a consistent running threat right now. He's not, but assuming he's healthy. And then for the rest of this point here, I'm assuming that he is. So please take it that way. He has to run smart and still maximize. You're talking about a fine freaking line because he can't get hurt again. They're not winning it unless he's starting quarterback and he's freaking healthy period. So when he does run, as much as it will tick him off, one rule, slide. That's it. He cannot take hits on that shoulder. There's just no way around it. So that that's something that's got to happen. Three, the offensive line's done a pretty good job considering the injuries with pass protection minus the right tackle situation. That's I'm just going to say it. They got to fix that. It's not worth even going into. That's got to get fixed. But if they can get guys back, again, the injury thing is Florida State's biggest concern. And that's, I can't really talk much about that on a podcast. It just is what it is. If they can get just a little bit better in the running game, think about this. Their run adjusted average was like 32, 39. It was in the 30s against Clemson, and they still won. Imagine if just for every game the rest of the year, and it'll be better than this, but if they averaged for the game just 100 yards, what would they have done to Clemson if they ran for 100 yards? This passing game killed them, especially in critical moments, with zero run game. Zero. I mean, they were terrible. Nobody's guarding Johnny and Keon. They're not. Some of those plays that they make, they're they're not open they're just bigger they were created differently god made these guys a little bit bigger i mean keon's 215 220 no body fat johnny's 235 if you give a running game yeah i mean mostly here i'm talking about downhill traditional running game not nothing wrong with jordan running but you got to be able to run traditional gt inside power etc and average four and a half, five yards a carry if you're Florida State, even against good competition. That's just bottom line. If they can get to even three and a half, four, because right now they were terrible, they were barely over one against Clemson. If they can do that, this offense will be ridiculous. Final point, and I touched on it a little bit in the opening segment. There were some people before the year that said, Brian, you need to be more cognizant. Obviously, Jaheim Bell's really good. But this is a deeper tight end group than you've given it credit for. I'm okay with that. I just said, you got to show me. And they've done it a little bit. But, I mean, Jaheim, they try to get the ball to in different ways. But, again, I want to look back at this. Name a guy that wants to try to man up in the end zone against Marcus and Douglas. Even Morlock's a big dude, too. There's different ways with them at H-back, at fullback, or in a bunch set. Kind of like that play with Keon when he scored the first touchdown against Clemson. Florida State can scheme that up. Those guys can catch. Get them the ball. Why not? Just kind of wanted to mention that because if you can utilize the running game and the tight ends a little bit, again, it just accentuates the ridiculous talent the two primary receivers have. I've brought up the slot thing enough. I'm not going to go into that. I'm guessing it's an injury thing. I don't know, so I'm not going to delve into it much. That was the other thing on my mind. but. So again, just to summarize, quarterback is one that's been, in my opinion, the best group. Receiver, then tight end, then running back, then O-line. 
there are different things they got to get better at. But this podcast just wanted to kind of say, hey, it's good, but they actually have a lot of meat left on the bone that they can hit. Florida State's not done as an offense. They've got Virginia Tech up next. It's not exactly a dominant team. They should be able to hit the hammer and draw 40 points or more. They, they should strike blood pretty quick. I just don't think Virginia Tech's that great. So how focused are they in some of the things I just talked about? You know, get the tight ends the ball. Can they run the ball better? Can the running backs make plays at the second level and break those runs? These are important factors. If you want to ascend in college football, it's about one. It ain't coaching, man. I know everybody wants to blame coaches because it's easier to get rid of one coach and think it's, this is not a coaching thing. It's players here. Getting healthy, but guys breaking tackles, coming out and making the catch, et cetera. These are simple things that Florida State players can do. They have the ability. So let's see. Please like this podcast. Please share it. Please hit that notification bell. Whatever app you're using, please give it a high rating. I would thank you very much for that. And coming up, we're going to be starting to trend here pretty soon um, in regards to getting into Virginia Tech next week. But I am going up to Savannah. I'm going to go see Luke Cromahawk play on Friday night. I'll probably do some kind of podcast on Saturday or Sunday. I'm going to be traveling throughout the weekend, go see my cousin. So at some point this weekend and uh, maybe on Sunday, check out the podcast again if, after you see the Friday pod. And uh, we'll, we'll check in about what he's doing. And we'll do some recruiting stuff again early next week as well. But uh, thank you folks very much. You all have a great day.